Hey, just real quick, if you're in Australia and still have old analog clocks, it's time to upgrade so that your swimmers can see the clock. The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is now available in Oz. They're distributed by Tim Lane in Brisbane, and I've got a special deal for you. Just email him at tim at swimnerd.com, tell him Brett Hawk sent you, and get yours today for just $7.99 Aussie dollars. So email tim at swimnerd.com and order your Swim Nerd Pace Clocks today. Okay, Luca Dotto, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Brett. I'm good. I'm good, my man. Uh, I'm here in Italy. Uh, you know, uh, we are training after all this uh, bad period of uh, the COVID, you know. And uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, we will have our first competition. Uh, so things are getting, you know, serious. <laughs> yeah. Way. Yeah. So, we will see. We will see how the competition will go. And uh, but right now, I'm only thinking. I'm only thinking to, you know, getting back in the water. You know, about uh, finding uh, the feelings that I completely lost uh, in uh, the quarantine period. And uh, that's okay. So you you live in Rome, right? Yes. Right now, uh, I'm not in Rome. I am uh, uh, in Treviso. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, a small city up in the north of Italy, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, 30 kilometers far from Venice, so you can understand in which part of Italy is. And uh, I'm here because uh, you know, something very bad happened to my life last month, and uh, I wanted to be here close to my family because it's a very tough moment for me. And uh, right now is the best. Uh, the best way to get through this situation is uh, to be here, to stay with my, my family and my friends close. And uh, in September, when the new season will start, uh, I will get back in, uh, in Rome, where uh, I live from uh, 11 years right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, man, I know I wanted to have you on the, I wanted to have you on the podcast um, a few weeks ago and, and you gave me some very bad news. You, you told me that you, you just uh, lost your mother. Uh, your mother passed away and um, it was yeah. very upsetting to hear that. So uh, I'm sorry about that. How, how's it been the last few weeks, man? Uh, very, very tough, uh, as you can imagine, because uh, my mom, she was very young. She was uh, only 55 years old and uh, a brain cancer uh take her away from us uh, in just a month mm. because uh, i uh, i left rome uh, in the half of june because my dad uh, on, on the phone told me about this situation that uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't feeling very good with my mom because uh, she was looking uh, weird in some way mm. and he told me uh, look if you can came back to, 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 to home, I mean, mm -hmm. up in the north because uh, I need your help in this situation. And uh, just the day after I, I came back home, uh, we discovered uh, everything uh, about, this, uh, about this cancer. And uh, in, ju in just a month, uh, she passed away. So oh. it was, it is, it still is very tough moment uh, right now i'm just trying to you know 
get through this situation uh, uh, the best I can and uh, you know start to win my life again uh, even if uh, it's not easy because uh, I mean the mom is one of the most important person in, uh, in our lives and uh, mm. never you know um, preparated uh, to get through this situation even if they are you know uh, older or something something yeah. else yeah, I mean, I know Italian families. I know the mother is the center of the Italian family as well. And, and also, um, just reading about you recently, I read that your mother was one of the big influences in you really starting swimming. And, and, and so, obviously, um, you know, losing, losing your mother in, in any situation is devastating. But, uh, but obviously, you were very close to your mother, no doubt. Yeah, she was, uh, I mean, uh, my biggest inspiration because uh, when I was a kid, she was her that decided to take me on the pool. You know, uh, she was actually a swimming instructor. Mm. She also had a little period of her career that uh, uh, she, uh, she trained uh, a little swimming team in uh, Cittadella, the place where I started to, uh, to swim a lot of time ago. So she was my number one fan. And uh, right now I'm feeling, you know, a very, a very, I'm, I'm feeling empty right now, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. something very, very big in my life is missing right now. And uh, uh, thinking about this and thinking about that uh, after uh, the competition that uh, I will, uh, I will have, in the next uh, in the next month in the next year hopefully also the olympics you know and uh, know uh, that my mother uh, won't see won't see me you know comp compete mm. all around the world it's something that uh, right now is devastating me because yeah. uh, after every race uh, i was used to take my phone and uh, call her you know because mm. she was so anxious Okay, about, yeah. race, uh, about my feelings, so it would be tough. You know. How do you think? I'm not sure whether you had a chance to talk to your mother in, in the final moments, in terms of the rest of your life or any depth in conversation. But how do you think she would want you to respond right now in in in, in facing this as her son and and looking at what's ahead of you in the next. 12 months or you know the next few years how would she want you to respond ah uh, for sure uh, she wanted me to be back in the pool uh, right the day after <laughs> mm. you know uh, she would say to me stop crying think about your life uh, uh, think about your, the family you are you know building up and uh, do the things that you like the most so right now is swimming and uh, do your best because uh, I'd be by your side forever. That's uh, what, she, what, she, what she probably uh, tell me, you know. It's beautiful, man. You gave me, you gave me chills when you said that. I nearly <laughs> start crying too. But um, uh, anyway, listen, I'm sorry uh, to hear this. And, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, she would want you to respond like that. And I'm glad that you're, you're taking that on. Um, it's been a very strange period for everybody, no doubt, you know, being in, being quarantined. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty for everybody right now. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think you're alone in that, that aspect of, of life, but, uh, but listen, man, so 
you know, just to kind of go back a little bit and talk a bit about, you, you know, you and, and get to know you a little bit for the people that may not know Luca Dotto, you know, you're an Italian swimmer, represented your country at a couple of Olympic games. How did it, how did it really begin? Like uh, at, at what age did you start swimming and when did you notice that you were talented for this? Because, because in Italy, the, the, the thing you do is you play soccer or you, you know, you, you go in the, some other form of, um, sports, not necessarily swimming. Swimming is not the biggest sport in Italy, but um, how did you get into swimming? Well, I was uh, six. I was six years old. And uh, it was, as I said before, because of my, my mother, mm-hmm. because she loved swimming. I, I remember her uh, telling me about the 92 Olympics in Barcelona, even the eight Olympics in Seoul. Because even if uh, swimming wasn't uh, a big sport in Italy, uh, she was a fan of swimming. You know? And uh, since the beginning of my life, she wanted that uh, I was into to the swimming pool. And then uh, also uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, helped me in this in the, in the in back in the days because mm. uh, she was able to swim and uh, I wasn't and so when I uh, looked at her uh, swimming with no with no problems uh, and I was uh, you know still very uh, uh, afraid of being in the water uh, something changed on me uh, like uh, uh, I felt like a little bit uh, of uh, um, uh, I, can, I can explain. Um, What's the Italian word for it? Oh, like, like I, I was feeling like a loser. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, from that day, I decided to, in my, in my mind, to decide to learn how to swim. And uh, that's how, how I begin. And after a couple of years, when I was eight years old, uh, the coach, of the swimming, of the little swimming team of Cittadella, uh, not ice me, and uh, it was like Easter, and uh, for Easter he gave me uh, a little envelope, when uh, where uh, he asked me uh, if I want wanted to join the swimming team, mm. and I remember that uh, I asked to my parents uh, uh, what I should do, you know, because I was uh, just a little kid. And I wasn't able to have a decision that big for all you for myself. And my mother said, Luca, if you think that you're going to have fun, just go. Don't think. And it was like this. I mean, uh, from there, uh, I wasn't, you know, a big talent when I was younger. Even in the first race that I can, I can remember uh, were uh, a disaster. <laughs> Uh, until uh, I was uh, 14, 15, 15 years old, uh, when I discovered, I literally discovered to be uh, a pretty good freestyler, you know, mm-hmm. because I started, I started swim as a backstroker. Mm-hmm. In fact, my first competition were uh, on backstroke. But in a in an Italian Junior Championship, I was uh, fifteen. Year, I was fifteen. I was in, on the last hit, not on not on the last. I mean the the weakest hit mm-hmm. of the fifth mile. 
and uh, I was swimming the 50 meter freestyle only, you know, to uh, warm up because uh, after a couple of hours, uh, uh, the 200 backstroke uh, would take part. So I just take the 50 just like a warm up. And uh, I don't know how, I still don't know how. I won the race, I won the junior Italian championship like this without knowing anything about freestyle. And from that, uh, from that race, uh, I decided to, you know, to switch from backstroke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I feel very lucky right now because uh, who knows? If uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't in that competition in the 50 freestyle, maybe my, my life uh, would be different right now. You know? Yeah, I'm the same man. I grew up as a backstroker too, and around around 16, I flipped over to my front, and that, the rest was history too. So me and you have that in common. Um, what's the training like for for 15, 16, 17 year olds in in Italy? Is everybody grouped in, and they do do they do the same thing, or do they do they split you up? Do they identify you as sprinters, as middle distance, as how do they do it? Oh. Uh... I have to say that uh, the team where I grew up uh, was a little bit different from the rest uh, of the other teams in Italy. Because uh, in Italy, uh, even the, the young guy, the young kid, uh, are used to swim a lot. Mm -hmm. They are very, very young. Uh, like uh, athletes of uh, 13, 14 years older are used to swim uh, like uh, 5, 6K for uh, the training mm -hmm. a lot. And uh, in my team, things were different. Uh, there weren't uh, uh, different groups, okay? There weren't a situation like this, but they were obsessed with the, with the quality of swimming, mm -hmm. with the quality. So it was like something very, very unusual for uh, those years and uh, I I remember that uh, I wasn't you know training like uh, uh, every day, also because with school and other activities that uh, I had during the week, uh, I didn't have the time to be like every day on the pool until uh, until my yes when I was 19 years old I was used to swim uh, four or five times a week, so. Not a lot, mm. not definitely. Mm. And uh, then everything changed when I decided, after the graduation at the high school, I decided to move to Rome to swim with uh, Claudio Rossetto, mm. uh, one of the coaches of Italian uh, swimming team. That, uh, in that time, he was the, the coach of uh, two-time world champion, Filippo Magnini. Mm -hmm. so then, you know, I started to swim a lot like six or seven k uh for every every day i mean uh, even twice a day mm -hmm. but at the beginning uh, i was doing you know not a lot of kilometer uh, not even a lot of uh, of gym i was very very skinny i mean i'm still skinny but when i was uh, 14 15 years old people were uh, uh you know scared about my health because uh, they were <laughs> But this kid uh, is eating, you know, <laughs> at home. Did you did you gave uh, him uh, <laughs> a lot of pasta or not? <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, I think that uh, uh, 
the, the, the fact that I grew up in this uh, little team with this uh, weird uh, concept of swimming for day, those years, uh, it was my luck. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when I came in Rome at 19 years old, I was ready to work. I mean, I was not... Uh, uh, you weren't uh, burned out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just ready because my, my technique uh, was quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just ready and, uh, you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that makes sense. T- tell me this. Why, uh, why is it I found in, in Italy the, with Italian swimmers, they don't really leave much, you know. Uh, you have a situation where you graduate high school and then you just stay and become a professional athlete. Not a lot of Italians leave Italy to go to other countries, especially, let's say, America, where they could get some scholarships. Um, why do you think that's the case? Well, uh, well, I remember when I was 19 years old, when I graduated to high school, I, I even didn't, I didn't know that there were the possibility to have, uh, you know, a scholarship in some uh, college from the USA. I mean, uh, that's why I didn't leave because uh, right now, if I think about that opportunity, uh, I'm a little bit upset. You know, because uh, it could be it could be a great a great thing for me. But by the way, I think that uh, a lot of Italian athletes are, aren't you know leaving Italy because of uh, our families, mm. and uh, because we are very very close to our family to our friends. And uh, you know, it can it can sounds weird from people like you from Australia for US so that uh, you know you are used to grow up in a I mean I think in a different way uh, with your family even because in the US or I don't know if if in Australia is the same kids uh, are used to you know to leave family when they are where they when they are very very uh, young you know yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in Italy something like this is a uh, is it, it, it still, I mean, the people still see this kind of thing like a tragedy. Oh my God, my kid is going, you know, uh, from in the other part of the world. I cannot leave him, something like this. Mm. Even the young athletes are like this. So, you know, uh, it can be, uh, you know, a very, very bad thing because I think. Uh, even because I was in Obor with you, and I can, I can see all the things about uh, American college, how the things work, where the athletes uh, have training, about uh, the facilities that they can uh, train in, and uh, something like that in Italy is impossible to find. And I think that uh, with the potential of the Italian that the, the Italian swimmer have, uh, they could grow, you know much much more mm-hmm. here in Italy to you know travel all around the world or in the US you know to yeah. Yeah. do the coaches get very upset or angry if someone from the US college maybe talks to one of their athletes they get very very upset yeah i mean here in Italy is a is a very you know common thing to find uh, 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 coaches that are jealous about mm-hmm. their their athletes mm-hmm. like uh, is a tragedy is a tragedy for for them if an athlete uh, asks them you know 
change this situation, uh, I would like to, to, you know, to try to have uh, one or maybe two, three years uh, away from you, or uh, I want to go outside Italy. And they, they see this kind of thing like a tragedy. Like, uh, you know, if uh, they are doing something bad mm. to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Now, listen, you had your first big breakthrough, I guess, in 2011 at the World Championships in Shanghai. I, I was reading today. I knew this, but I forgot that you actually got the silver medal in the 50 freestyle in, in Shanghai, yeah. the World Championship. How old were you then? 21. 21. Oh, wow. But I remember the, the, the year before, I think that the, the European Championships in, in Budapest in 2010 that was, uh, uh, you know, my turnover. Uh, no, my, my turnover yep. in a national, you know. Like swimming. a breakout. Yeah, my breakout, exactly. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I was 20 and uh, I made both final of the 50 and 100 freestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wasn't expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was lucky. So I had my haircut. <laughs> from, <laughs> our team captains and uh you know i wasn't i was expecting to you know have fun have my best but uh being in the final among uh, the best streamer in it in, in europe uh, there, i remember there were uh, people like uh, Filippo manini alain bernard uh stefan mistrand for mm-hmm. from sweden mm-hmm. uh, fred yeah, Fred Busquet. I was next to him in the semifinal where he swam uh, the 21. 21 3. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I swam 21, no, 22.1. And uh, be on his side in that semifinal, I mean, I was, I was feeling like to swim uh, 24. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was coaching Fred during the, this time, and uh, man, he was swimming just in, the best I've ever seen anybody swim uh, up to that point. It was just beautiful was swimming. Like uh, I don't know, hundred times because his swim was epic. Yeah, yeah, epic. Well, well, that's good. So that that's your breakout meet. So then you go into the World Championships, and you you feel pretty confident then, huh? Yeah, pretty confident, but. Uh, as the year before, I wasn't expecting nothing. I mean, uh, I was expecting to be on the final, that's for sure, because uh, I was growing up uh, really, really fast uh, during the Italian Championship in April. Uh, I swam uh, 48.5. It was my best time. and was like the fourth of the fifth time, uh, the best time of that year. And uh, I, I was in Shanghai very confident uh, to be on the final, you know, and that uh, it was like this, it was what it was like that because uh, I was in the final of the hundred where I touched uh, uh, seven with the 48.2. It was uh, a very, very great time for me. And then in the 50, you know, something magic happened. <laughs> That's yeah. the 50. I mean, I was uh, fourth after the semifinal. And uh, I remember that, uh, you know, just before the final, I was I was looking at uh, Caesar, you know, Cielo, mm-hmm. uh, Bruno. That was in that final with the with the first time, and uh, Alain Bernard as well. Uh, then Nathan Adrian on my side, and I was wondering uh, 
you know, I was asking myself, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Why I am among these guys, you know? And uh, I wasn't, you know, feeling the, the pressure. I wasn't uh, afraid to be there. I mean, I was like uh, enjoying the moment. Uh, and then uh, when, uh, start, uh, they, when the race started, it was, uh, it was just fun, uh, just uh, adrenaline. And uh, when I touched the wall, I mean, you can see from the replay, my face was, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's a difference between, because when I listen to you talk, you know, I, I get a sense that you never at that point in time really considered yourself the best swimmer in the world or you, the possibility of, of winning the, the championships. It sounds like you wanted to, your goal was to be in the final and, and you saw yourself as somebody that could be part of a final, but did you ever see yourself, uh, imagine yourself as a champion? No. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, I, I dreamed to, you know, to be here in this moment, you know, to be part of the national team, mm -hmm. uh, at the Olympics, uh, winning medal. But uh, right now, I'm, I'm not considering myself as a, a big champion of swimming. I mean, I won something, not, uh, not, uh, not as much as a US swimmer or Australian swimmer, you know. Uh, I won also uh, two European championships in other freestyle, short and long course. But uh, I'm, I'm not considering myself uh, as a big, big champion. I consider myself as a, a good swimmer that probably uh, could have done uh, better through the years. Uh, but yes, not a, not a great check. Why do you think this? Because we're, we're, we're talking about hundreds of seconds. So when, when I take a stopwatch, Luca, and I click as fast as I can, boom, boom, it's slower than what you would lose a race in. Like you're losing races by hundreds of seconds. So yeah. why, if... Yeah, champion if, or not. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah. So why wouldn't you consider yourself a champion to give yourself the best chance? If you, if you think that you're not a champion, then generally you won't become a champion, right? So do you feel like it's a, a shift in your mentality that you need to make in order to become a champion? Uh, I don't know. But by the way, I consider myself not a champion in uh, the term, uh, you know, uh, compared to the other because they won more than me. I can consider myself as a champion because every time that I was uh, on a world champion, on a European champion, or at the Olympics, uh, I gave 100. percent Okay. And I think there are there is a different things to be a champion with a lot of medal and uh, a champion that even sometimes didn't win a medal, didn't win something, uh, but gave 100 percent for what he can do. You know. And uh, I consider myself as the second kind of champion, you know. That's why. Yeah, I believe that too. Look, uh, look. When when I hear you talk, Luca, when I hear you talk, I see a lot of myself in you. Honestly, when I look back on my career, I see a lot of myself. I see, I, I hear the things that you say, and I remember thinking those things as well. I remember thinking, I'm not Alex Popoff. I'm not Gary Hall Jr. I'm not. Michael Klim, you know, I'm, I'm not Peter Van and Hugenbach. I remember thinking those things. I also remember thinking, uh, I want to be in the final. 
And most of the time I was in the final. I was in the world championship final uh, many times. I was in the Olympic final many times. But the thing that I never ended up getting was I never ended, I never ended up becoming the champion. Now, um, I'm not sure if I ever was good enough, but I also know this, Luca. I never gave myself a chance to become the champion because I never truly believed that I could be the champion. So what I'm saying to you is... Last step. Yes, yes, yes. The last step is the belief that you can be the champion. And, and I never gave myself that chance. So looking back, I have that regret about myself of like, I always wanted to be in the final. I always felt honored to be competing with these guys, but I never believed that I was better than those guys. So maybe if I just believed it, it may, it may be crazy to everybody else, but maybe if I just believed it, maybe I had a chance, but I felt like I never gave myself a chance because I never truly believed it. And so when I hear you talk, I think that about you. Maybe we are too humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, yes, we're humble for sure. But there's also cockiness and there's also, there's also you know, we know who we are. But I but also think we give our competitors too much credit. You know, I think that, I think anybody can be beaten on any day, on any particular day. And I think what we end up doing is we give them credit before they actually beat us. We say, that person has done this or that person is, is, you know, when I was, when I looked at Alexander Popoff, I, I think he's six foot seven and um, he's, he's, you know, he's beautiful, beautiful built for swimming. Like I, I, I would always give reasons of why he was better than me to myself. I'm talking about. And I, and I think sometimes when I hear you talk, you, you do very similar things. You always find right. ways and reasons why somebody's better than you but you don't actually give yourself enough credit for why you're really good too. You know what I'm saying? You catch the point because I am like you. I mean, I look at, uh, uh, you know, Laura Manadou and I, I say, mm -hmm. oh, he's two meters tall. He's another muscle and I'm thin, just mm -hmm. uh, a meter and I, you know, or I look at uh, Nathan Adrian's uh, arms or chest, uh, or uh, right now, I'm looking to uh, Caleb Dressel uh, mm -hmm. five or underwater, you know, or speed. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy for me. But uh, I will try. I mean, I promise you. For I, hope, I hope so. From, from me. Because, uh, you know, I'm not so young anymore. I'm 30 years old. That doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything right now. Nothing. Because... Mm -hmm years ago uh a man called uh, uh Anthony Anthony, he just you know something very great mm -hmm. yeah you know but uh i will try i will try to change mentality even because right now i need i need to change mentality because uh, uh right now in italy the situation of relay is very very good last year in the world championship we were fourth, and uh, it's not like uh, the past year where uh, I was uh, the best swimmer in Italy in the hand free. So I had like a, a, an easy life, you know, to compete with the national team, uh, to qualify myself for the big meetings like World Champs or, or the Olympics. But right now we have like uh, six or seven young guys that uh, are making the difference right now, you know. Yeah. So. I have to change mentality because I need to change mentality because of these young guys that uh, are pushing me away, you know, 
from the relay. Do you know what Alexander Popov's best time was? 48.2. What's your best time? 47.9. So right there, you're already telling me you're better than Alexander Popov. Yeah, but hey, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Like it's the truth. You have all the same. You have all the same um, uh, situations as him. He's he's. You swam a hundred meters. He swam a hundred meters. He trained very hard. And, and, and he, he was from another era of swimming. You know, what what era? Like maybe a few years before you. Well, I mean, uh, he won the last uh, world championship in 2003. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. So it's not a different era. I mean, we're still doing the same training methods, right? What what has changed really in the past 15 yeah, years? Myself better than Alexander Popov. Absolutely no, man. <laughs> Only because I swam faster than him once. Yeah, you swam faster than Alexander Popov ever swam. So it says something about you. Is what what my point is that you're doing something and you've figured something out that Alexander Popov could never do. He never broke 48 seconds. You know, as yeah. good as Alexander Popov was, he was he was an incredible he athlete. He was swimming uh, without cap, with a swimming cap, with no jammer. <laughs> that was that was his choice. He had all those choices too, right? He had all the choices. What I'm saying to you is that um, you were the first man in in Italian history to be under 48 seconds, right? So you you are special. You are special. I I can guarantee. You, listen, I've I've coached you before. I know this for a fact. You're special and the reason why I have you on this podcast is because you're special. And I know that we talked a few weeks ago and you said, Oh, I can't go after Alexander Popov on the podcast. And, and I said, listen, man, you're just as good as Alexander Popov in my eyes. Now, look, yes, he has more medals than, than you. He has Olympic medals. He had gold medals, but, 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 but Luca, Luca Dotto is, is one of the best swimmers in history. I mean, you, you created history when you became, the fastest Italian in, in, in history by swimming 47 seconds. I mean, it's an incredible swim. You understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, right now is, uh, right now the situation I think is different because, you know, a lot of young kids are breaking that uh, 48 barrier uh, easily right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. Thinking, why do you think, think that it is? Why, why do you think that when, when you see somebody break a barrier, why is it that then, then the next generation, everybody can do it? Why do you think that happens? I think that this kind of thing happens because uh, uh, the training methods uh, are changing, are evolving. Uh, the, the training methods that they are using when the athletes are very, very young, I think that they are completely different from the one uh, we had. I mean, this is my response to that because... Uh, after, I mean, when they grow up, uh, I can figure out a, kind, a different kind of training of the, of the ones that we had right now, or that we had in the past years. I, I agree and disagree. I, I agree that some training methods are evolving. I think that people are respecting and understanding recovery more than ever you know recovery is now part of a normal training cycle throughout the week whereas it used to be train 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 and and then when you completely exhausted maybe take a day off and then come back work hard again <laughs> but look so i think yes you're right but i also think that when you see somebody when you see somebody break a barrier 
there is this mental belief that it can be done, you know, and then all of a sudden everybody believes. And then in this day and age, you see it on a video. Oh, I, I can see somebody doing that as well. So now not only do you believe it, but you also see it in your, with your eyes. And then you say to yourself, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And then all of a sudden now you have all these people believing and knowing that it is actually possible. And so once something becomes possible, it becomes a reality, you know? So I really think that the mental side of swimming um, is, is not engaged enough in terms of uh, what we can do, the possibilities of what we can do. I remember when Caesar broke the world record, uh, he went 46.9 in, in the suit. You know, they were talking about uh, this, this world record won't be broken for, you know, 20, 30 years because no human can swim that fast. Well, now we have multiple guys that are right here. And look, the reality is the world record should have been broken this year without, without the COVID. But, um, you know, we have guys that are right there now doing it in, in a completely different um, environment you know you have you have shorts now whereas before you had this full suit that you could do it in and now we have multiple guys doing it so it really comes down to ultimately a belief a mental belief i i, I truly believe that hmm. that's a point for you yeah and I, and i think that you discover that more when you retire you discover you discover the limitations that you put on yourself more so when you retire you become more wiser you mm -hmm. know yeah yeah i think sometimes when you're in it you don't see the bigger picture and then when you pull back and and remove yourself you can see yourself from the outside looking i think a lot of times you look in in from the inside but uh, when you retire you can look at yourself from the outside and say oh there are so many things i wish i could tell that person right now you know and that's kind of the reflection that i have with you right now is like i wish i could tell you how great luca dotto is so he could believe that he could possibly win the olympics next year i truly believe that well against that kid man it's quite impossible <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's not meaning i mean that's not mean that uh i won't try like i think everybody else in the world but against that kid from florida <laughs> man no chance or the other kid from australia that i think that is the best one kyle i'm talking about kyle chalmers and i think that he's the man on the hundred free because if you give him the dive and the underwater of caleb no story yeah absolutely i mean i really love to see the energy that kyle has on the last 20 meter Mm. Really, I mean, uh, it's an inspiration to see what he can do with this kid. I just did a podcast uh, yesterday, which will come out, uh, you know, when the, this will come out eventually too. But um, I did a podcast with somebody that was the favorite in 2012. Who was the favorite in 2012 for uh, the 100 freestyle? Uh, the man that in, in April swam 47.1. He was an Adelaide. Magnuson. So what was everybody saying at the time? Impossible to beat this man. I remember it distinctly. Impossible to beat this man. He is in, he's yeah. unbeatable. He's unbeatable. And then what happens? You go to the Olympic Games and he gets beat. wasn't that fast until the Olympics started. But that's what I mean. On any given day, anybody can be beaten. You know, right now you're, you're, crowning, you're crowning Caleb Dressel as unbeatable, but I don't, 
look, yes, I understand how good Caleb Dressel is. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't crown him Olympic champion 12 months before the Olympic Games, you know. I'd say, hey, uh, today, t- today I have every chance to beat you, you know. And you, I don't know how you're going to wake up. You, you, you may wake up with, a, with some stomach issues. I don't know. Oh, yeah, sure. Who knows? We are so, in- yeah, yeah, you're right. So, Everybody, everybody is beatable on it, on any given day because we've seen it multiple times. Um, so talk to me about talk to me about 2012 because you you get second in in Shanghai in the 50 in 20, 2011. Going into 2012, you must have felt that you had potential to to get a medal, and then you ended up, I believe, you ended up 22nd in in the 53. What happened from going second in the world to 22nd the year after? Yeah. It was, uh, you know, a very, very tough year for me because in April, after our uh, Olympic trials, uh, I was already qualified from uh, from Shanghai results. I was lucky that year. But in April, I injured myself. I had a very, very bad injury mm. in uh, my back. And uh, that kept me away from swimming pool for a month and a half. And then uh, just uh, a month, uh, uh, month before the Olympic begins, began, uh, I started to swim again, you know? Uh-huh. So I arrived in London, uh, uh, not in a good shape, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, 80% mm. of my, my possibility. I had a pretty good relay. I was in the first leg and I swam 48.7. That gave me... Uh, that time a little bit of confidence you know for the uh, single event but then it was uh, a nightmare completely a nightmare because uh, until April I was feeling very 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 good in on the water you know I was literally flying even if you ask Claudio my coach he would say to you you know Luca was flying in, in, uh, 2020, in 2012 but then, you know, uh, shit happens and uh, what was it? And uh, I didn't blame anything that uh, happens to me, but, uh, you know, I was a bit unlucky that year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure you, you have good years and bad years and we just, we learn as we go. Um, you know, I would say this, you know, as a swimmer, we're we're limited to the ways that we can make money, obviously. And um, one of the ways that I think you've found to be successful uh, is because you're a good looking man as well, right? You're, you're extremely good looking. So you actually had a, uh, had a sponsorship with, um, with Armani. Is that correct? Yeah. They worked for five years with Armani. Wow. How did that, how did that come about? And then was that, did that help prolong your career? Did it, did it hurt you? I mean, how did you manage being kind of a model, but also swimming at the same time? Well, a lot of people said that uh, working for money or working as a model uh, took my, uh, me away from the pool. Yeah. My focus away from the pool. Sure. Uh, it wasn't true. In one, I mean, because uh, being a model, uh, Took me away from the pool for three or four days during an entire year, so it's not that much if you think. Yeah, like uh, you know, yes, 
an athlete, an, a professional athlete. She never miss a training, you know, but uh, we're talking about just uh, three or four training in the entire season. Yeah. But, uh, it was something that uh, I really liked to do because it's a completely different world from the one we are used to being in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I discovered, uh, you know, how that world uh, works. And uh, it was a very, very great experience that started uh, in, uh, you know, in 2012 because of the Olympics, because uh, Armani uh, was the sponsor of the Italian uh, Olympic theme, and uh, it still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, I get noticed because uh, I was chosen uh, as a, you know, a face of the campaign that... Uh, that was made for the Olympics from Amani. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that moment, I started to work uh, with them. Uh, I started with a perfume, you know, a special edition for the 2012 uh, Olympics. Then I had uh, underwear and a uh, hairwear campaign. Uh, and, uh, you know, the rest is story. <laughs> That's amazing. What's he like? What's, what's Giorgio like? Is he a, is a nice guy? Oh, yes, absolutely. I met him the first time... Uh, when I was 23 years old, so in 2013, the day of my birthday, mm. uh, he was uh, so, so kind with me because, you know, I was a little bit uh, uh, on uh, anxiety because, I mean, I was uh, meeting one of the most important person in Italy and mm-hmm. in the world of fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was such a so kind with me. He was so interested uh, on uh, what I was doing, uh, on the, I was uh, doing the swimming, and uh, I remember that uh, he asked me, "How old are you?" And I said to him, "I'm uh, 23 today, sir." <laughs> and uh, he looked to his, uh, you know, one of the people that helps him, and uh, he said, uh, uh, "A present for the kid." <laughs> 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 he gave me a watch. <laughs> 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 Good work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Did, yeah. did it add did it add pressure for you to be an Armani model in, in Italy? Was it was it difficult for them to did you feel like you had to live up to a, a certain expectation? Uh no, not really. I mean uh the only expectation that uh, I had was to, you know, doing my job uh as the best as I can, you know, because uh, uh I didn't knew anything about modeling. And uh, the best thing, by the way, I could do was to do to to swim fast for him, because uh, when he talked to me, he said, "Luca, I know you're a swimmer, and uh, this thing uh, uh, won't take away you from the pool, and uh, I want uh, that uh, everything works perfectly for you. We are here just to, you know, uh, to have fun all together, to have a great work together." and uh, to help you on your career and uh, it was like that because he gave me a lot of help yeah well uh, listen man uh, I appreciate your time we've been here a little while so thank you I know English is not your first language so I I couldn't imagine doing a a podcast in Italian so you're doing very well uh, I literally learned English uh, when I when I left uh, high school I mean when I finished high school sorry Mm -hmm. because the high school, uh, my teacher, my my professor, sorry, uh, wasn't that good. So 
I literally learned English with movies, video games, or, uh, you know, during the period that, that I was uh, outside Italy, like with you guys in Auburn in uh, 2010, or uh, in 2015 when we came back uh, during the World Championship with the guys, uh, or last year when I had the possibility to work with uh, Santo Condorelli, that he became Italian and uh, he came here for a year and a half to train with us. Uh, so, yes, I'm sorry with everybody that are <laughs> listening to us, but hey, you know, it's not that easy for me speaking English. Well, you've done, you've done very well. I'm sure a lot of people love, love the accent, so it's good. Uh, listen, last thing, um, you know, we are, we're 12 months out now, and uh, what, is it, what have you got to do? What, do, what does Luca Dotto have to do between now and then to either become the champion of the world or uh, of the Olympics or, or get yourself a medal at the Olympics? What, what are the things that you need to do in the next 12 months? I think that uh, I have to, to doesn't feel the pressure, first of all. I don't have to feel the pressure because right now I'm 30 years old and uh, I think that I, I have quite of, uh, you know, uh, the mentality, the right mentality to just enjoy what I'm doing. I mean, I want only to enjoy what swimming will take for me in the in the next years, because uh, I really um, understand how time flies right now. Mm -hmm. Because the last ten years uh, from my beginning of the my career from now that I'm uh, you know. 30 years old, I'm thinking about my future, and uh, I don't know if I will be able to swim fast for other uh, three or four years. So I just want to enjoy, enjoy the training, the time with the guys, uh, the time outside Italy to have competition or uh, training as well. So I just want to get back to the pool from September and uh, push every day the best I can you know uh, even because right now I have uh, someone else right here that will help me every day I know that's my mom and uh, I will also do everything that I do for her you know because uh, she will help me even if uh, she's not here anymore but uh, she will be here so I will take uh, I hope a lot of strength from this uh, very, very tough period and uh, that can help me to get focused and to be the faster I can in the world from the next 10, 10 or 12 months. That's beautiful, man. I love it. Um, I know that you have started your own business as well. You have your own swim school. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm copying you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do exactly? Well, by the way, uh, I'm not the first in Italy that uh, started a business like this. Uh, because other uh, Olympians did in the, the past years. But I am the first to do this kind of camp, a swimming camp, uh, in a different way. Because uh, uh, we talk about swimming, okay? We swim with the kids, directly with them, with them okay? And uh, it's only technique, not training, so something long, something uh, that uh, could bore the kids. Uh, but we talk also about uh, uh, food, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, this year I have uh, 
uh, an apnea world champion that uh, will help the kids to understand the right way to breathe, you know, that they can learn a lot uh, before the competition of, uh, you know, to, uh, to take away the stress from the body, something like this. Uh, then I have uh, uh, a doctor that uh, uh, will help the kids to understand the importance of the, uh, the exercise outside the water for the stability of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have also Filippo Magnini that will come and uh, will uh, have a, a very fast meet with the kids uh, in a you know, uh, motivational way. Uh-huh. And uh, I also have... Uh, uh, during the days of the, the camp, uh, uh, the possibility to every kids to have like a, a single hour with me or the other two athletes that are helping me from in this camp uh, to uh, teach them in a single way, uh, you know, directly to see what kind of uh, error they are, you know, make, make, they are making in the water uh, to help uh, them in the in the technique, uh, something like this. And uh, I mean, it's a nice project. Last year, we uh, we, we were in uh, 50, 50 kids. And uh, right now, uh, even if uh, there were the COVID uh, and uh, a lot of kids, uh, you know, uh, just passed the, the possibility to be in the camp, uh, we are already in uh, 60. So it's growing up very, very fast. And uh, I, is one of the, the things that uh, I love the most because uh, mm, I'm looking to these kids and then I remember when I first met uh, uh, the big champion of, uh, of Italy, you know, like uh, Domenico Fioravanti that uh, uh, was uh, the gold medal of Sydney Olympic uh, Games or Massimiliano Rosolino as well. And I was uh, 10 years old, mm-hmm. literally. I remember that I was dreaming, you know, when I, when I was next to them. And now that I, I grow up and I see those kids looking at me in, this, in, this, in, this, in, the, uh, in the same way, same way. You no, know, I feel uh, the responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, for, for, for them because, uh, you know, it's a great experience. Uh, for them and uh, I wanted to be sure to share the 100% of my uh, experience to them uh, but the most important thing is to, to share with them the love of swimming that is the most important thing it's not important to be you know the number one the best but the best the most important thing is to have fun uh, make friends you know and uh, that's the best thing of sports and swimming so for, that's for great me, man to them. Well, I'm, it's a beautiful thing that you're giving back. I'm, I'm doing something, like you said, very similar right now, giving back to, to the younger generation. And I, 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 th- I find it very fulfilling. I love it. It's amazing. Um, one, one last thing. I, I, I remember your favorite food is uh, pizza with pineapple, correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Perfect. It's the tragedy in, in, in Italy, right? No pineapple on pizza. No, I mean, come on. Uh, I can even explain uh, what kind of feeling I have inside me. Uh, that because, uh, I talked even to Bruno Kratos about this thing because he, he actually loves that pizza. Uh, and 
He said to me, oh, my man, it's so tasty, it's so fresh. No, it's shit. I mean, if you came here, if you ask for something like this, the waiter will say to you, okay, that's the exit. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll remember not to, not to insult my Italian friends and ask for pineapple on my pizza. Okay, no problem. Uh, last thing, let's see, you have, you have two arms, right? You have two legs? Sure. You have everything you need to be Olympic champion next year, my friend. Good luck. All right. And uh, I know your mother will be with you, and, and I'll be with you too. All right? Yep. All right. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brett. See ya. See ya, buddy.